Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Some say, arguably, that the Reformation began with Martin Luther. He was certainly a main player, but the movement had some subtext, especially when it came to the rich mix of cultures and peoples drawn into it. Today, Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, focuses our attention on the Jews of that time. Lincoln, what do we need to know? This year, in 2017, is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther is the preeminent figure of the Reformation, and he uh, performed an invaluable role in that movement. But I think it would be very dangerous to see him as above reproach and not realize that, like all of us, he had, at times, horrible feet of clay. Mm. And I want to talk about this today because, you know, there's a thread in Christianity of anti-Semitism, anti-Jewish sentiment that I think is not justified, but it gains some of its currency from just a a superficial reading of the New Testament, where the, quote, Jews, those of the Jews who were out front of the judgment seat of Pilate, egged on by the priestly faction that were against Jesus, they said, his blood be upon our head, and so on. Not the first group to have ever said such a thing, but too many Christians sort of write at large that every Jew, you know, is personally guilty of crucifying Christ, and every Jew is to be... uh, at the worst case, removed. You know, this is prejudice writ large, no theological basis for it. In fact, Paul, in Hebrews, I think it is, goes on and on about saying, has God cast off those whom he foreknew? It says, by no means. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And it says that a hardening has come upon their hearts so that all the Gentiles or non-Jews might be saved, as many as possible, and then they will be saved. So, you know, there's just no theology to it. But when you look at Martin Luther's writings and his life, because it was more than theoretical with Luther, his vitriol against the Jews was remarkable, to say the least. This is going to hurt some people because we want our reformers to be above reproach. We want perfection in the people who have steered religion in the right ways. How are we going to deal with this? Well, we have to... uh realize, like I say, that some people that have good ideas, they might have bad lives or bad other ideas, (laughs) and to also realize the bad role that religion and religious leaders can play. Not everything about religion is good, and if it's mixed with personal bias or misunderstanding or or wrong theology, it can cost lives. I'm I'm just looking at uh, one preface to one of his longer works on, on the Jews. They say this. Now, this will tell you, I'm not going to read everything he wrote, because some of it's so blue, it's scary. It says, a number of points must be made. The most important concerns the language used. Luther used violent and vulgar language throughout his career. He was not a man to say manure when he could have used a more colloquial term. We do not expect religious leaders or figures to use this sort of language in the modern world, but it was not uncommon in his day. Mm. And it says this that I think is relevant to us now. It says, it is impossible for modern people to read the horrible passages from Luther's pen and not to think of the burning of the synagogues in 1938 on Crystal Night, nor would one wish to excuse him for his text. And just so you get the gist of it, 
I'll read a little bit from the introduction. And he says, Since I learned that these miserable and accursed people do not cease to lure to themselves, even us, that is the Christians, I have published this little book so that I might be found among those who oppose such poisonous activities of the Jews and who warned the Christians to be on their guard against them. And he goes on to say they should be killed, every one of them. And he says, again, I can't use this colloquialism, but he says, you know, they they eat our food and they, and then he gives a bodily function with nefarious vapors. Yes. (laughs) They're doing all of this and they should be gotten rid of it. It's just amazing. It goes beyond theology. You can do nothing more than interpret this as a personal animus, to use a legal term. Like many people misusing theology, he jumps from the Bible to his own prejudice. He says, our Lord calls them a brood of vipers. Furthermore, in John 3.39, he states, if you are Abraham's children, would do what Abraham did, you are of your father the devil. Well, Jesus was talking about a faction within Jewry. We wasn't talking about the Jews per se. It was the Pharisees, as I remember on that. And Luther says it was intolerable to them to hear that they were not Abraham's, but the devil's children. Nor can they bear to hear this today. If they should surrender this boast and argument, their whole system, which is built on it, would topple and change. That's incredible. And, you know, people wonder and analyze, where did Hitler and the Jews of our age get it from? Lutheranism was, and pretty much still is, the state religion of Germany. It came straight from the great man. Yes. In this case, lower G. You know, it's hard for us to see people that we have revered like this exposed. But maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe we need to begin to realize that it's not what they say, it's how they live that we judge them. But sometimes we can take what they say as words from God. So God is using a cracked and broken vehicle And that actually brings kind of a lot of hope to me because you and I both, Lincoln, we're human beings, we're sinful human beings, and we write words and we say words, and we're hoping that the Christ in our words is what goes through and people will sort of ignore the Charles and the Lincoln Steed in this thing. Would I be on the right track in saying that? Absolutely. Absolutely. One more sample and then I'll talk theoretically and literally. (laughs) And these are not the worst statements. They're just things at random. He says, they are real liars and bloodhounds who have not only continually perverted and falsified all of Scripture with their mendacious glosses from the beginning until the present day. Their hearts most ardent, sighing and yearning and hoping is set on the day on which they can deal with us Gentiles as they did with the Gentiles in Persia at the time of Esther. Oh, how fond they are of the book of Esther, and which is so beautifully attuned to their bloodthirsty, vengeful, murderous yearning and hope. I mean, that's just a twisted view. <laughs> if someone just joined in, we're, we're reading uh, a book here written by Martin Luther. I just want you to know this this is not Lincoln Steed's words or Meister. These are Martin Luther's words here. I just want you to know that, listener. That's right. And I think they're so over the top that no rational person today would go for them. I mean, there's perhaps those radical Islamists who are perpetrating violence around the world, they, you know, this mother's milk to them and the, the Protocols of Zion, which is a, a malicious text that surfaced in Europe not that long ago. 
that's made up. But, you know, most people of this ilk, even if in times of social distress, intolerance breaks out, you know, this stuff's so over the top that no rational person today would would go for it. Certainly not from a pulpit or from a uh, religious leader, but Luther indulged himself, as I say, at great length, very long documents. And I'm just scanning through it. Almost every paragraph's got this sort of stuff. Mm. It's not alluding to troubles for them. It's talking murder and mayhem. Mm. Mm. Why? I've got to lay uh, not just what developed in Germany, partly at Luther's feet. People were responsible themselves, but they ran with Luther's ideas. Mm -hmm. But I think some of the violence of the post-Reformation era, you know, the Thirty Years' War followed the Protestant Reformation. And as a Protestant, I look at that and I see God's purposes working out as from the Holy Roman Empire, which was under the mailed fist of the empire and and the church, you know, as it broke apart and Protestant nations emerged. That was for the good, right? Mm-hmm, right. But right. I really think a lot of the violence and the open warfare was itself from the attitude of Luther and equally the Roman Catholic Church. You know, they were long since proven to uh, go to the recourse of violence to get rid of their enemies. Mm-hmm. And maybe the best thing we can say about Luther, he was, he was an ex-priest. This was his mother's milk before. Yes, yes. You know, you can't think he suddenly thought it up as he left his employee with the Roman Catholic Church. You know, if we could rewrite history and we could go back and we could make Martin Luther a loving Christian-type person, the entire history from the Reformation to today would have been different if he had been a loving, forgiving, non-vengeful, non-prejudiced person and he had nailed those theses to the church and we had read those, history would be different, which tells me, Lincoln, which tells me that yours and my words have the ability to change the course of some person's history, which can change the course of another person's history and so on and so on and so on. We have the power within ourselves to really be a fighting force for good in the history of this world. God did use Luther, I'm quite sure, to steer people toward the Bible. The single greatest thing that he said, and other reformers picked up on it, is sola scriptura. We should followed it more closely. Yes, yes. Uh, But to have the source of authority as, as the holy writings and not as the larger church in his day, the Roman Catholic Church, but right. it was seen as the single church. Right. Uh, and to this day, still the Roman Catholic Church maintains that it's sort of a combination of the uh, church fathers, the holy writings, and the church councils, and the church leaders of the present day. You sort of give way to whatever the church decides is the aspect and force at that time. Mm. You know, that's the religion of man, really, when you analyze that, not the religion of God as expressed through human vehicles. Wow. Uh, That just tells me that if uh, I want to change the world, if a listener says, I want to change the world, say something positive when everyone else is saying something negative. I'll end on a positive note for Luther. Uh We've got it on the back cover of our latest issue. Just one paragraph. It's his reply at the Diet of Worms. He says to the emperor, I'll get rid of his intro, but he says, unless I'm convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, for I trust neither the Pope or councils alone, since it is well known they've often erred and contradicted themselves. He says, I am bound by the scriptures I have quoted, and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot, and I will not, 
recant anything since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. May God help me. Uh, that's a pretty forthright statement, and I think he was on the right course then. And history has borne out that that was the catalyst for many wonderful things in religious liberty, and many millions discovered for the first time that they had a hand in, as the Bible says, working out their own salvation with fear and trembling, mm. not having it handed or forced on them by someone else. Mm. I am so glad that God can use anyone, even the vilest among us, to do His will and bring about His results. LibertyMagazine.org is the website. Lincoln Steed is the editor. Lincoln, thank you so much for being with us today. And until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Lincoln Steed, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.